Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week I'm just learning to accept that some of my plants aren't making it through this summer. Are Aww. you tired of me complaining about the heat yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a theme. There's a theme. Yeah, there's a theme. And I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate, and today closet cleaner. I was really inspired by our interview with Judith Gatton, and I am diving in. Today, our guest is Julie Cole, mom of six and dot, 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 recovered lawyer, co-founder of Mabel's Labels, and award-winning entrepreneur, also a best-selling author of Like a Mother and a sought-after speaker and MC. Her articles have appeared in the Huffington Post, Today's Parent, The Globe and Mail, Profit Magazine, Working Mother Magazine, and numerous websites. When she's not juggling her busy family and professional life, Julie is an engaged community member serving on boards and volunteering. She is passionate about women's issues, mentoring young entrepreneurs, and social justice. Ooh, those are all the things we like too, Missy. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yes, and you know we love a reformed lawyer. Those are some of our oh favorite Oh my guests. gosh. Yes, I just had one of those on. The, well, we interviewed yeah. yesterday, but it's probably yeah. last week's <clears throat> episode with Judith Catan. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're glad, glad you're here. And I've got to meet you at Mom 2.0, which mm -hmm. was just so exciting because it was the last night I didn't have anything to do. Missy had left me and I did just one of these Hail Mary, just like, hey, is anybody, you know, at to the Mom 2 group, like, and hey, we want to eat? had a blast. That night was so good. Like, it was so... only a few of us left. We were flying out the next day. And uh, yeah, we had a great time. I was always yeah, missed the good stuff. Hate. I need a picture of our tall boy Coors Lights we had <laughs> in front of the right. Target. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, have, I think you sent me that somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, we did talk a little bit about your incredible bio, and we want to jump right into it and talk about how you got from where you started to where you are and the, any major things that impacted your decisions along the way. Right, right. Okay. So where I started, okay, well, I guess, you know, just regular old kid. I've got three siblings who I adore. I've really, I had really nice parents. I went away to university and then I, I was very involved in student politics. I thought I wanted to be a dean of students or kind of be in that. So then Ooh. I went to NYU and I did a master's in education administration. And then I ended up in law school and why I'm a recovering lawyer. <laughs> right. Well, look, there's a couple of reasons. I actually loved law. Um, I was doing family law, going after deadbeat dads. I did a lot of like restraining orders. I worked for a women's wow. legal service behind bulletproof glass because those were the kinds of partners that our clients had. Wow. Um, but then as motherhood happens to go, I had... Um, well, we started Mabel's Labels and we started Mabel's Labels for two reasons. And one was motherhood. At the time, I had a newly minted three-year-old and who, he already had two younger siblings. 
but he received an autism diagnosis. And at that point, I didn't think the traditional workforce was going to suit suit me anymore. Right. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be able to set up a program for him. I wanted to be able to advocate. And like I said, he already had two younger siblings. So it was kind of, you know, pretty, pretty busy times anyway. Yeah. So that was kind of the first why behind Mabel's labels. Now, the second why behind Mabel's labels was that there was a product missing from the market. You know, we were using masking tape and, and permanent yeah. marker and it didn't work. We thought there must be something great out there and there wasn't. So mm -hmm. at that point, you know, Mac got his diagnosis and I said to my co-founders, okay, you know, we've been talking about this business. Maybe now's the time. And they're like, let's do this. And that was 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. So I have, I almost brought them in here and I forgot because I got frantic at the last minute, but I have still stacks of Mabel's Yay. <laughs> and we at one point just ordered some, my husband's name is Mark. And so we're both M Stevens. And so we just ordered M Stevens. They're still on everything. We take Love to it. every swim meet, like we are a Mabel's labels. Well, so and you know I'm what? So glad you did that. That is the secret sauce. Cause people are like, you know, tell me why Mabel's labels is such, such a success. And there's lots of reasons for it, but to your point, Missy, we do what we say we're going to do. They stay on. They're durable. They're microwave safe. They're dishwasher safe. The clothing yep. tags will go through in, uh, industrial washer and dryer. So, you know, knowing our market is moms and we want products that actually do what they say they're going to do. The secret sauce is that Mabel's oh, does that. It yeah. does. And you know, it I got to tell you. It's still on. Like I give kids clothes away and I have to like, <laughs> still on those tags. <laughs> to cut it out. <laughs> I've got so many friends who like, and you and my kids, they're really into thrifting. Like my big kids love thrifting. Uh -huh. And they'll go to thrift shops and buy like other people's clothes or Mabel's labels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure ours are out there because I know I miss some yeah. appealing. <laughs> Well, I mean, originally, I remember when I got my, someone gave them to me for bottles, like if you're going yes. to daycare or something, whatever. Mm -hmm. But now as my daughter's getting ready to head off to college, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, the stuff that she'll probably need for, you know, the communal shower or whatever, your shampoo yes. and like. For sure. And you know what? I love that you say that because Suzanne, as our kids have grown, so have our styles, right? So like we had little kids at the time, then, you know, then I and tweens. So we're like, oh, we need to have cooler tween labels. Let's get some yeah. skateboards going. Let's get some, you we know. Had the skateboards. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then now, you know, we have, I have three kids away at college and they still lose stuff and need stuff labeled. They do communal living, they live in residence, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I mean, now like this, this back to school season, we've got our stylish uh, back to school combo. And it's like, it's good for like me. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. the, the Ooh, designs are so look. creative and artistic and mature. Yeah. So, and also as we've aged, so of our parents, we've had a lot of our OG customers say, I'm putting mom in, in a home and we don't want to lose. It. So now we've, you know, we, we, our original customers are now buying for their parents too. Now that we're kidding that sandwich generation, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're for everything. And they're on the bottom of every like plate and casserole dish that I've ever taken yes. to like a school <laughs> event or anything. You want to get that yep. back, man. <laughs> right. Right. I don't lose my stuff because it is no. all labeled. Oh my gosh. And you know, we're obviously talking a lot about labels because of Mabel's labels, but I loved how the first line of your book is as women we wear a lot of labels mm. because yes you know pun intended <laughs> right as far as we talk a lot here about the identity crisis that women have when they pause their career and this mm -hmm. something that has been their label and their identity for so long 
And like Missy said, we have a lot of guests that are former lawyers and go through a lot of identity crisis from losing that label. Did you mm -hmm. feel that? Did you get a lot of pushback in your life from people being like, oh, you know, what are, what are you doing? Stop pausing that. Oh, yeah. Look, I'll tell you probably the thing was, so I started the business with my sister and my sister-in-law and actually an aunt who I, I have a young uncle. And she yeah. met him through me and they got married. So she's like two years younger than me, but she's my aunt, you know? So anyway, <laughs> it was kind of a family, like a, you know, family business as well. Mm -hmm. And so when we started it, we, we had a financial planner, we had a teacher, we had me a lawyer, and then we had a graphics manager and everybody thought, I mean, what are you doing? You've been in school for so long. You guys are making good money. I remember my grandfather just being, you know, he's like, you girls, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yes. So a lot of people thought we were nuts, right? Like here we are mm -hmm. leaving great careers. I mean, it took us a while, like a bunch of people stayed in their careers until sure. we could make a go of things. You know sure. what that is? Like this was the side hustle for a yeah. while. But it was, it was pretty wild when eventually we were able to tell my grandpa that we were making more money from our our little label business and we were in our careers and he was like, what? All of a sudden, then we weren't so crazy. Then he was like, oh, my girls are amazing. <laughs> They're so smart. Yeah. Oh, and then he owned it. But yeah, a lot of people, you know, when you leave your career and especially like you say, I don't think the identity crisis really came for us then because we quickly identified with being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and we really loved what we were creating. We loved connecting to our community. What I will say where the identity crisis often happens for entrepreneurs, and this would I would say this happened not so much for me, but five years ago, we sold the business. Mm -hmm. I'm still in the business full time and it still runs exactly the same. It's Mabel's Labels, which is why we agreed to sell it the when we did. Also, but we can talk about that if you like, but that might be a whole other podcast about exiting <laughs> yes. a business. Um, but I did find some of my partners who were really involved operationally when they left they had a harder transition because they identified as being the co-founder of Mavis Labels and they right. were, you know, on that shop floor. And then they, you know, they left and they were like, oh, who am I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And I do yeah, think I it's do. difficult for entrepreneurs and I think it's difficult for mothers. I think it's difficult for anybody who, when you transition out of that role, I see this with moms who, if you've been like a full-time mom and then your kids like me, if I had had the three kids and they're all at the college, then it's like, whoa, where's what do I do now? You have to reinvent yourself. You have to yeah. find, and yeah. it's, it can be a real struggle. And it is, and I find it's especially hard for those moms when, you know, I feel like women get less power as we get older. Cause when our babies are young and our little ones are young, we're making all the decisions. We're running the household. We're making the financial decisions in the household. Mostly we're, yeah. you know, we're running things. And then as our kids age, we have less power, but if you have a traditional relationship and a male spouse, as their careers are climbing, they're having more power. Mm -hmm. So at, mm. at their work, so there becomes this power imbalance. And I think a lot of couples, as their kids kind of fly out of the nest, you know, really, really struggle with that. Any transition is hard. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah, and that's really hard. Yeah, that's our whole goal of this podcast is yeah. to get women a running start. So when they hit that phase, whether it's yeah. launching when your kids go off to kindergarten or it may be when your kids go off to college, it depends what your right. launching point yeah. is, but right. so that you're ready for it. And I think you can kind of get in front of it to your point. Like, I think for me, it was when we sold Mabel's labels. I mean, obviously, I'm still, still there full time. So 
you know, it's, I, I still really identify with the company and right. I'm, you know, the spokesperson and do all the PR and things like that. But I think making sure you don't identify with any one thing too much mm-hmm. from the get-go, like I'm a mom of six, but like, you know, as you said, my first line in the book, like, when am I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, I'm a mom of six, I'm an autism mom, I'm a mom of queer kids, so I'm a community volunteer, I'm a board member, I'm like, we're all these things. And I, just kind of don't put all of my self-value or self-worth or self-identifying in any single one thing. Yep. And that's the I mom and dot, dot, dot. I was going to say, that's it. our whole message. <laughs> that's what you're, you're saying. You're like, what else? else? You're yeah. a mom and what else? Because, and you know, again, eventually things happen. And also we want the what else too. I mean, even if you're home with kids, you want to make sure that you have like social, you want to make sure that you're feeling intellectually stimulated. You want all that. We need all those things, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In fact, community, you mentioned like having all these things and community is a big part of that. And if you are in the middle of a transition, whatever that may be, sometimes your community suffers. Maybe you leave people behind, maybe you're not intentionally, or maybe you're just in a time where you don't, you're not spending that time on building those relationships. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot recently about friendships in midlife and you talk about it in like a mother. So we wondered if you could share a little more about how to build that part of your ellipses, that part of your dot, dot, dots. Right. Well, I always say your network is your net worth. And I think that is true for your business. And I think that's what women in business do very well. We are very good socially. We are good at leaning on our networks. We're good at saying I don't know something. I'm not afraid to ask. Mm. We put our, leave our ego at the door. Like when we started Mabel's labels, we would, anyone we knew were like, can we take you for coffee and pick your brain? Like we were taking advantage of our networks who were accountants, entrepreneurs, neighborhood kids who were good babysitters. Everyone was involved. Yeah. And my mom was licking envelopes in the basement, you know, mailing <laughs> out. Like we used everyone. Yeah. And I do think, you know, socially as well. I know as a working mom, I've relied very heavily on some of the school moms who are at home. And, you know, I, if, if I can't get there in a pinch, sometimes my school mom friends are there to back me up. And then I was going to New York to speak at an event. I brought my daughter and I brought one of the, the, her friends along because that mom helps me out all the time. So I think right. we really need to, you know, we all bring different value in different ways and it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that I'm a big fan of the non-dramatic exit. You know, like you don't have to stick with the relationship just because you've been in that relationship for a long time. Let me explain. It kind of goes back to, you know, don't cling to a mistake just because you spent a long time making it, Mm. right? And I found we did this at work. You know, we had this one employee who we didn't, we just didn't want to fire because firing sucks. Like, you know, if you ever sleep the night before you fire somebody, you're truly dead inside. Right. So <laughs> we kept being like, oh, we'll put them on a performance plan, performance improvement plan. And we'll do, and then it got to the point where like, this is ridiculous. We talk about this employee, like every meeting for two years, like time to let them go. This was a mistake. So we learned a real lesson about that, about how holding on for too long uh, to employees, you know, you want to get the right people on the bus. That's the most important thing. Your corporate culture depends on it. Your other employees dependent. They don't want to see their friends fired, but they do sometimes want to see them gone. And it's very important for your business. And it's also very important for your family and for your social life and for your friends. 
You know, yeah, I see, yeah. um, you know, I, I've got this friend who complains about this friend she went to high school with and they're still friends. I mean, they were 50. And, <laughs> and I'm like, why? She's like, well, we've been friends for so long. I'm like, that's not working mean, anymore. Yeah, you can let that go. We don't like if something's toxic, let it go. And yeah. I think it's good role modeling for your kids. Like you don't have to make a big deal of it. You can yeah. just exit in a non-dramatic way. And, you know, I, I try to model that to my kids and, and try to be, you know, if I don't get invited to something, I'm never bitter. I'm just like, you can't invite everyone. Yeah. Right. So if they don't get invited to something, I'm like, Hey, don't take that personally. Come on. Like, what's the big deal? Like we can't just like, you couldn't invite. So, so like for a family with so many kids, like there's very little drama that goes on here. And I really role model the non-drama. Oh, that's such a good lesson. I was just talking to a friend who happens to be a, a teen life coach, okay. and, and she was just talking about how important it is for teenagers to learn that lesson early, that it's okay to say goodbye to a friend if it is not serving you, if they are toxic, and how important it is and how little parents actually do model that right because we don't want to be like we don't want to show them the negativity or right. it seems like a failure or who knows what it is but it I feels think it like is, failure like as yeah. an adult yeah who knows better like intellectually i know it still feels like failure and i have with a couple couple relationships in my life spent years wondering why you know why and probably it was just time it was yeah, just time. And that's the thing. I remember I had one of my daughters, she's in her 20, like 21 now, but she, you know, she and a friend just out kind of a group each other in about grade mm -hmm. nine or 10. And she actually found that the kid was a little bit annoying and just not, and whatever. So, but then I get a message from the mother mm. saying, oh, you know, the girls, what queen do to? I'm like, we do nothing. We do yeah, not this say is this life. is not my business to get into my teen's business and try and forge friendships. I see mothers do this yes. with their teens. And I'm like, the, growing apart is a very natural process. Or they get like too involved or too interested in their kids, like first boyfriend or first girlfriend or first yeah. partner or whatever. And then they get devastated when there's a breakup. I'm like, why are you so invested? These are yes. teenagers. Like, I heard life. a story not long ago about a family that put the girl, like high school girlfriend, first yeah. girlfriend, whatever, put her on the Christmas card. Oh God. Like, in the family pictures. And guess what? They put her work like, out. <laughs> Let me guess. Like, and they're like 15, you know? Come you know on. what? I see what I see women and moms doing this on social media too. Like, you know, and they go to Facebook, they're like, I'm taking a break. It's been too, just go. Don't tell right. us about it. I don't want to see that you're taking a break. <laughs> like, All if right. you want to take a break, take it. You don't need us being like, oh, are you okay? Or are you like, just do the quiet, non dramatic exits. Yeah. Just go take care of yourself. Just go do you. Oh yeah, my do gosh. you. I know. And, and that's what I'm saying, like, with the role modeling. And I'm telling you, with this parenting gig, we can tell the kids what we want to look blue in the face. We can teach lessons. We can read to them all the things. It is a role modeling gig. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, if you don't want whiny, complaining kids, don't be a whiny, complaining parent. <laughs> <laughs> that is such yeah. a good point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And this all kind of comes back to, we talk, uh, we haven't talked about it for a while, Missy. We've been really involved in, I think, 
the middle age friendship stuff, but core yeah. values, core values. Yes. We were on a kick of that for a few months there. Love <laughs> but, it. So important. And Big I fan. Yes. And I love that you had a chapter about family core values and really interested in, I mean, obviously knowing what your core values are, I'm sure helped mm -hmm. you make a decision about leaving the law and feeling confident and becoming an entrepreneur that meant it aligned with your values and then yeah. but with a family of six kids i'm sure that they all have their own personal core values that's uh, like how do you fit that then into your right. family core values mm. but still honor their individual selves so right right so i think first of all where i really got interested and in understanding of core values was through the work so you know when you start a business you're in a unique position to create the culture that you want. Mm -hmm. And and we did that. Like, it was funny when COVID hit, all these companies were scrambling. We're like, how do people work from home? And how do, we were like, it's our time to shine. Our people were already set up. They can leave halfway through the day and go to their kid's Christmas concert. They can spend the day. Yeah. As long as your work's getting done, we're happy. We're not micromanaging people. Nobody has to minimize their screen because it's on <laughs> Facebook when we walk by. <laughs> like, we don't care. And as long as you're getting your work done. And and to us at Mamus Labels, we spent a long time creating, refining, and revisiting our core values and hiring by them. You know, I can teach somebody how to make labels, but can I teach somebody to be aligned with the things that are important to our company? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we first created our core values, we interviewed everyone. We interviewed the, the founders, every, all the employees from label maker to marketing manager to, and really tried to understand our core values. And then once we, it was a year long process. And oh, once wow. we got it, you know, these are not things that just stick on a wall and we give lip service to. We do hire and fire by them. Like these are things that, and you make a great point. It helps you make decisions. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I can remember an example where a company wanted to do a co-brand with us and it would have been a really great co-brand for us because it was a big brand and we were smallish. And at the end of the day, I said no, because they had a chemical in their product that I was not happy with. And I, my poor marketing manager was like, Julie, come on. And I'm like, no, we Sorry. can't like go to our core values. I know like we spent so much time building up loyalty. We've got so much trust in our brand. Brand trust is we're fierce about that. Mm -hmm. And yes, sometimes you want to chase the money because that's like, you want to be able to pay your people and you want to be able to go right. to next level growth and all that. But I'm telling you, I turned to the core values and they told us what to do. So we said no. And then you know what inevitably happens? You align with other awesome brands that do align with your core values yeah. and you get success there. And guess what? You're going to sleep at night and then your customers are loyal. And if they're loyal, they talk about you and word of mouth mm -hmm. and they buy from you and they say good things. And that's why Naples Labels has a community of over 200,000 Facebook fans, 100,000 Instagram followers. We have parents everywhere sharing stories of them labeling their back to school gear on their TikToks and on their, mm -hmm. and that's because we don't compromise our core values. And again, it's so amazing when that can guide your decisions. So, you know what? It was just that experience and being like, we have such a big, robust family with so many different personalities, but what are the things that align us and make us, us? Mm -hmm. And that's when you sit down and think what are, and they are things like, you know, be quick to forgive, mm -hmm. you know, like that's one that we can't hold grudges around here. 
um, we do things like we've got the bro code. So the bro code is basically, <laughs> we know things about each other that are sensitive and they never come out in a fight. Mm. We fight fair and they never come out at school. Like you don't, you don't on the school bus talk about your brother's crush. You don't in the re in recess talk about how your sister's a bedwinner. There are certain things that are, they know are the bro code and they never come outside of this family. Yeah. So those, That's and then cool. revisiting what those things are. And I feel like when you raise kids with good judgment and have these conversations, you don't even have to tell them what things fall under the bro code. They know, they know, they know. you know, and, and the fight fair piece is like, you don't name call, you don't bring up something from the past. You stay, you fight about what the fight is. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. Stick with the fight. And then, and again, parents can roll out of that. You can yeah. roll model that with your kid. You can roll model that with your spouse. I've never been a hide the fighting from the kids. Like I like them to see that we can disagree on politics, that we can disagree on and how to have healthy conversation around it. And then to move on and be like, hey, what do you guys want to do for dinner tonight? Or daddy, oh, would you mind? And then it's like, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. like I, my parents were the kind of people who would go in hot. And I thought they never fought. And I thought, mom, mm -hmm. how can you not be standing up to him right now? And she's like, I totally yeah. did, but just not in front of you. I'm like, no, I needed to see that. Mm. You know, we need to see that, especially with our girls, people. Yeah. Right? And I think that's a really important point that people fight. Yeah. Whether, whether it be in public's great or in business <laughs> or whatever, I mean, it's a different kind of fight in business, yeah. but you have disagreements. 100%. And learning how to advocate for yourself and teaching your kids to advocate for themselves is huge. I wish I had known it. Mm -hmm. earlier conflict is a good thing conflict can bring out like opinions and discussion it's how you deal with it right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think like part of i found this like with my siblings you know four kids close in age and i can remember even as teenagers i had a friend over and or maybe we were like 12 or something and me and sis got we called my sister sis got in a fight and um then five minutes later i was like we're going to the store for popsicles you want to come and my friend was like how can you just invite her to come fighting? with us? You guys are in a big fight. And then we were like, no, we're not. It's over. And we, it was over. That was, <laughs> that was so five minutes ago. And I don't know if it's a, a thing about big families, but you just have to move on for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> you never get anything done. Honestly. No. And I'm so curious how that played out for Mabel's labels, the four founders, right? Yeah. And, you know, relatives and friends. How did that work for the delegation of roles? Such and... a great question. I mean, it's hard enough having one co-founder, right? When there's yes. a group of four, a couple of things about it. It it was great in a lot of ways, especially at startup. Like, you know, I feel, I see my solo entrepreneur friends and they do absolutely everything, right? Mm -hmm. So in our early days, it was like, okay, you do it with the finances, all right, press releases, somebody research uh, materials that can work. Well, you know, we could divide and conquer we also had four very different brains come to the table. So you had four very different mm -hmm. skill sets, which again, amazing because you can fill gaps, you know? So that was awesome. Obviously, there were hard times because we have different opinions and, yeah. you know, different ideas. But again, we had to learn how to fight fair. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, because we're relatives and we had to be in that boardroom, have that feisty conversation and walk out and be like, hey, are you bringing the potatoes on Sunday and dinner? Or, <laughs> you know, don't forget when we go to the cottage that you said you'd do the barbecue Saturday night, you know, so we yeah. had to, we, all, all the cousins are coming for a swim tonight, right? So we had to make sure that that still happened and we didn't get it right all the time. And what we learned was we, we tried to learn about each other's personalities and communication skills. And we did personality things. We had people come and facilitate stuff. We got a coach. We got somebody eventually who was like a mentor, our coach and mentor. And he came to all of our meetings to make sure we facilitated and, and respected each other's communication styles. Cause I'm very like abrupt. I'm like, there's a problem. Let's deal with it. But then there might be another partner who has to hear like 15 minutes worth of good things before you can hit the conflict. Whereas I'd be like, we don't have time for this, right? But you have to make time for that because everybody's got different communication styles. So learning about those and then accommodating those. And then when we made mistakes, we'd be like, we're practicing. We'll get it right next time. We just, Mm -hmm. you know, move on. We'll, We'll try, we'll learn from it and move on. You're totally speaking our language. Yeah. That's how we started. This was let's figure out our personalities and help the people listening figure out their personalities. It just helps you understand how you react to the and world. And there's no right the and wrong, right? There's right. no right or wrong. And people I find in leadership, I always think that they think there's this like one idea of leadership. I love the leaders who are like, sit at that table and like, listen. And then every time they open their mouth twice, but when they do, we're all like captivated, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can be an introvert and be an impactful leader. Like it doesn't, leadership does not take one particular style. You know, yeah. and I find that women, women entrepreneurs often feel that way. They're like, well, I'm not the personality. It's like, come on now. Come on. There's not one style of leadership that works for every organization. Right. Well, I want to, we're getting so close to time, but I want to get into some nuts and bolts because Suzanne and I love nuts and bolts. And so do our listeners. I cannot say nuts and bolts today. Just <laughs> it up. Nuts and butts. <laughs> nuts and butts. We like those too. Um, but in ta- like, in just in talking about all of this in the back of my head, I think time management, mm-hmm. how do you do it all? You've got six kids. You're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. You've written a book, which we've barely even touched on the book, but everyone needs to go read that for sure. Do you have any just I don't know. I hate yeah. to ask people for time management tips, but I do. is there something that you fell back on? And it's like, this is how I survive. There's a bunch of things, honestly. Oh my gosh. There's a bunch of things. So <laughs> I do use a lot of productivity tips. Like I do a lot of, you know, I do the eat the frog, the thing I want to do last, the thing oh, that I'm progressing. Yes. I do. I try to do first. Mm, um, I try to do frog. the touch, like it. eat the frog. So I try to do the touch at once principle. If I open an mm-hmm. email, I deal, I deal with it right then and there. Uh, if I'm working on a project, I turn off my notifications, you know, you get the ding, 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 turn that off. Um, mm-hmm. If people want to pick my brain because they're starting a business, that's fine, but I'm not meeting for their co- them for coffee. What I will do though, is I set up in a coffee shop, like for a half day, every six weeks and you can book a time with me. So then I've got a half day every yes. six weeks that I do instead of talking to somebody every day and using that way I can still give back, but I still can get my stuff done, which means make yeah. labels and raise children. Oh, I so love that. A lot of my no's are a lot more like boundaries. And I talk a lot about this in the book, like with the kids, if they came home from school, mom, I need two dozen cupcakes tomorrow. I would laugh and laugh <laughs> and say, are you new here? Have we just met? Never going to happen. If they forget their lunch, I don't drive to the school. They can go hungry for the day or find a granola bar somewhere. I can't spend my life 
chasing these humans around. And right. you know, the, the expression he used, and I did, I, I put this in the book, was your lack of planning does not constitute my emergency. Mm-hmm. So good. And that goes for oh, yeah. staff, that goes for kids, that goes for friends, that goes for, you know, like it's, it, that's your emergency. That's not on me. So yes. I said a that lot to a of, kid the other day and he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just step back and think about so it. So good, right? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of productivity stuff, raising kids to be independent, you know, like they, they have to do their own things. Like invest in your kids, teach them young. I don't do for a kid what a kid can do for themselves. So, you know, that's, uh, I know sometimes that short-term easy, it's easier just to do up their coat and do up their shoes and whatever to get out the door, get up Mm -hmm. 15 minutes early, teach them to do it, and then they're getting themselves out the door from there on in, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of parenting stuff, which with six kids, you have to do. I've got friends with onlys who really struggle with that because they're like, oh, it's just so much easier. I've got to really not do it for them. You know, yeah. I, I stop myself because I know that this isn't going to help me long term, but it's just so easy in that moment. I'm like, I know I didn't have the choice. So I had yeah. to teach them, right? You could or not do sibling. every little shoe and every yeah. little button. You know, <laughs> still exactly. be doing them. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, um, again, with time management, I'm not afraid to get help. You know, I got a nanny when my fifth kid turned one, three kids too late. Get help, people. <laughs> I'm not a perfectionist. I don't sweat the small stuff. I don't make perfect dinners. My house is a mess. I don't care what people think. Come on over right now. You can see it's a mess. If you're like, Julie's house is a bit messy, I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't care. <laughs> so I can be If super- it bothers you, grab them up. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So, you know, by not caring about what people think and sweating that stuff, it saves a lot of time and, and yeah. emotional energy. And, you know, I gave up mom killed five kids ago. Like, I don't, I don't let anything live rent free in my brain. That shouldn't be there. That's a great life lesson. It frees yeah. you up to get all the important stuff done. Yes. Ugh. I mean, I, I feel like sitting down and making a list of the shit that lives rent free in my brain. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm also just... make a list, make a list of all the, you know how we all have these like ridiculous to-do lists. Yeah. Make a do not do list. What are you doing that you should not be doing? I mean, at work, I mean, at home, is it time to get a virtual assistant? One of my do not do, I'm not unstacking a dishwasher. That is not my time well spent. I got six humans can, who can unstack a dishwasher while yeah. I'm maybe like helping my little guy with ADHD figure out some time management stuff himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> executive yeah. functioning. Oh my God, the executive functioning drives me crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. so a do not do list, folks. Yes. Yeah. One of our other guests had a to not do. Who was that? I'm try- I was just thinking the same thing. Okay, we'll put it in the show I, notes. I like hear the conversation in my head, but we'll have to put it in the show uh-huh. notes and you have to edit us out going, who was that? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested. Yes, probably something that somebody who just listened to me. <laughs> probably someone who just read like a mother. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he has a to not do, and I loved it. it. Makes so much sense. And probably most of my to do list is a do not do list. I'm full of shame. Uh, <laughs> well, cross that off your list. Shame is chains up there with mom the... guilt. <laughs> I yeah, need some Brandy Brown. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm mm. so bad. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. so I think. Maybe we just got, since we've all decided that our look, listen, learns are going to be very fast and short today, I'm going to do one more little question, just as like a nugget of inspiration for any other listener out there who maybe has their own Mabel's labels, not to steal your business idea, but their own nugget of a great new business idea and Mm -hmm. considering either leaving a career or maybe leaving a stay at home mom. Yep. 
position to sure. do this? What should they be thinking about? What should they be doing baby steps? Okay. So a um, couple of things. First, yeah, just, you know, follow people like me, talk to people like me, email me. No's are free. Like I said, my kid, you might as well put the ask out there. No's mm -hmm. are free. Mm -hmm. So ask, again, back to your network is your net worth, right? Ask a lot of questions, join groups, Facebook groups, do all that stuff. The other thing too, you know, 60% of women started a side hustle during COVID. Don't romanticize entrepreneurship. I feel like there's a lot of that that goes on. It's like, okay, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to make a bazillion dollars. I'm going to do a TED talk. I'm going to write a book. Like <laughs> a lot of us are in line for 20 years before that happens. Like this is not, a lot of this stuff is not overnight. Entre right. Entrepreneurship looks a lot like making labels in a basement till 2 a.m. when you're pregnant with your fourth child and getting up at 6 a.m. and putting a full day in with kids and then going back to a basement and making labels. It's not watching Netflix when the kids are in bed. It's not lying down. I couldn't lie down with a kid. I couldn't risk falling asleep and losing two hours of productivity time, wow. right? So I never lay down with a child. Basically, story time was darkness. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um so oh yeah it's not like having one when the kids are in bed it looks like a lot like not being able to go on holidays giving up a good salary or you know so please just don't romanticize it and my other tip would be make sure your family knows you've got to manage expectations like mm -hmm. are you going to be giving up a salary does your spouse actually realize if you have a spouse that you are literally going to go and be doing your side hustle every like that's your spare time if you love a lot of me time, like if you want to go get your nails done, if you want to go to the gym every day, if you want to do these things, I, I would say don't have six kids and start a business. <laughs> <laughs> like, like don't like have one maybe or have like just whatever. It's all, just do what you're capable of. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like know what your needs are. If you need me time, if you need to go and have a coffee and flip through a magazine, do it. But I'm yeah. going to tell you, there was no doing that for me at that time with six babies, one with autism, you know, and, uh, and, and running a business th that just didn't happen. So don't let other people project onto you what your needs are, know what your needs are, make sure they're fulfilled and then do what fits around that. And I think yeah, it comes back to that back values to piece. Oh, just saying the same thing. Yeah. Is that values knowing yourself? <sighs> for sure. Oh my gosh. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, we've barely scratched the surface of all For of your sure. wisdom here. So everybody needs to go buy the book. Uh, like yeah, mother. And follow Julie. Where can they follow you? Yay. And there it is. I'm putting the book up in the video. Um, yeah. Like a mother birthing businesses, babies and the life beyond labels. It can be found on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, any of your favorite booksellers go to their website and you will find it there. And Kindle and they like can ours. Find me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can drop the link. Um, yes. And also, yeah, you can find more about me at MabelsLabels.com slash Julie Cole. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram at Julie Cole Inc. And at Mabel's Labels and all the usual places. Great. And all right. Yeah, we'll we link will to have... all of it. Exactly. Well, I think it's time for our condensed look, listen, learns. Condensed <laughs> so, look, listen, learns. Yes, we were just saying that it's summertime. We're all busy. We haven't learned a lot. And Missy and I just, 
just had an interview yesterday with Judith Gatton, which I think will be airing a week before this. So go back and listen yeah. to it if you haven't. But we used up all our look, listen, learn on that. So it's going to be a quick one today. But if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And the look, listen, learns are just an opportunity for all of us to share something we've been either watching or listening to or learning about that maybe you can incorporate into your dot, dot, dots and your ellipses. So yeah. We don't want to throw any of our guests into the hot seat first. So, Missy, what, what have you been look, listen, learning? Okay, super fast. I <laughs> found this. Of course, I found it on TikTok because that's where I spend too much time. Talk about not using your time wisely. But I found some great stuff there. There is a creator I follow who is just, she talks about running, but she just also talks about being a mom and what she likes, whatever. But she mentioned that she has some friends that they have this thing called the creepy book club and they read a creepy book every month and they met online. I may not be telling this right, but they met online. And then sometime last year, they had a retreat together and hung out at the pool and talked about their creepy books. Well, everyone was like, we want to be in the creepy book club. We think that's so cool. So they've opened it up and now there's a TikTok account called creepy. Okay, hold on. I think the creepy book club should be meeting in a haunted house (laughs) and they should be like doing seances and like, let's get real. Come on. Not around a pool in a spa. I want want an (laughs) on-brand retreat. (laughs) On-brand retreat. I'll send you her link and you're going to be like, next year's retreat needs to be creepy. Yeah, uh, but they recommend all these creepy books, which occasionally I love a good creepy thriller, suspenseful read. Um, so if you like that kind of thing, there's lists and lists of books and they actually have a book club book every month. You can go and join the discussion, but that's probably not going to happen in my life. But I do take their list of books on my to be read. Missy, I have to tell you, if you like creepy books. So I did choke when I was writing my book that I because I was one of the cottage to write for about a week. Yeah. And I made a joke about, remember Stephen King's Misery? Yes. And I said I needed an Annie Wilkes to come up and hobble me so that I could just sit on my laptop. <laughs> One of my favorite creepy books and movies ever is Misery. Like, I just oh. feel like. When Kathy Bates in that book, in that movie. Oh, oh my horrifying. God. Horrifying. So good. So One of the good. scariest characters ever. Yes. Ugh, love it. Oh, I need to so that is that. my reading recommendation. And then I wanted to, I forgot to ask you French speaking people how to say this. I think it's Jouer. It's J-O-U-E-R. Sure. And it's a cosmetic <laughs> brand. That's how Texans say it. Uh, but they have these multi-sticks that I'm a cosmetic slash product whore. I don't really do my makeup a lot, but I'm a sucker for trying new things and this marketers is my delight you are missing a marketers a delight freaking marketers <laughs> dream the ultimate consumer um, but this one is bronzing and then this is like cheek and lip tint and i love them they go on really well and i can just like slap them on and rub them in and they're done so Ooh, i will link to those to too. i really enjoyed uh-huh. those see now we've learned something there you go that's what i learned is that i don't know how to pronounce this french makeup <laughs> like it so what about you julie okay so what am i look i so i got a lot of my kids are 13 15 17 19 21 22 so i have to admit probably not doing a whole lot for myself at the moment 
for me, staying connected with my young people is super important. And I find a great way to stay connected to them is to jump into their interests. So that means sometimes watching Minecraft and watching like them play video games and watching their shows. Like right now, I have a son obsessed with Breaking Bad. So I just finished the first (laughs) season of Breaking Bad, which is far too gory for me and not at all in my wheelhouse. But he's watched it all. And he's because I'm he's so passionate about it. He's watching it with me to watch me watch it. Oh, you know? my gosh. Uh, and, and then to have those conversations of who's your favorite character? Why? What did you think of this scene? So it's a great way of commu- keeping communication open with the teens. And same with the music. I'll try to go to concerts with them or listen to the music that they're listening to. And actually, they do like really great music. And it exposes me to, you know, something different. And their podcasts. Yeah. I've got a couple kids who love like creepy podcasts. So when we're in the car, we'll put on the creepy podcasts and listen to those together and then talk about them, of course. So most of my stuff really is about them. I also do try to read books that my friends have written. I've got a friend, Aaron Pepler, who ch- just wrote a, um, um, we love Aaron. Oh, do you love Aaron? Okay. So she lives in my, we live in the same town and she actually gave me a really nice shout out in her book, which yes. was so sweet. Um, so send me into the woods alone. She wrote that. And then my sister-in-law is also my co-founder just wrote a book called big gorgeous goals. And it's about women who are trying to do big goal setting, like professional yeah. women and helping them. And her name's Julie Ellis. So I've got a couple of friends who have launched books lately. And I feel like, I mean, I have a bunch of book author friends, so I do try to support them. Oh, another <laughs> right. shout out for Aaron and the, you know, moms are women supporting women. It was yeah. at a mom to conference, God, a zillion years ago, where do you remember this, Missy, when I dropped the Blackberry right on my white jeans at breakfast? You didn't. And I was walking around in the hallways. And Every picture whatever, was strategically with, with covered. With my hand over my yeah. leg, like trying to look normal. You're taking the program and be like, ooh. <laughs> and, you know, all my pictures look like I'm doing this little sassy, like, ooh, because I got my hand on my leg. And I posted about it on Instagram, like, oh, my God, I'm mm-hmm. such a mess. You know, first thing in the morning, blop, I get this Blackberry. Erin comes over to me during a conference. She's like, hey, and she gives me a little tied stick. Aww. And I was like, there is no way this is going to do anything, but thank you. And I go, rub, 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 rub. But halfway through the presentation, it was. You probably got it. You probably got the standout just in time to pour red wine on yourself. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) At the Iris Awards. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. So yes, I love her for many reasons, but that I yeah. will forever be in my heart. That's so cute. Yeah. Carry a stain stick y'all and you yep. will forever, <laughs> people will be indebted yeah, to so you. So awesome that she know, like she noticed it on social media and was like, yes. oh, she's here. I and then came over her. very quietly. She's like, here, let me just boop, boop, boop. She's the best. Oh, so nice. That's so awesome. Oh, okay. So I got two minutes. It'll only take two minutes for my look, listen, learn, because it's all the same thing. I have been looking at and listening to and learning about our new Roomba. And I have not even been so much looking at it. I'm looking at my husband looking at it because, like, I don't think he's gotten any work done in the past few days. He watches it. There's an app on your phone. It (laughs) maps out your house. Mm -hmm. He's like, look at how well it knows our house. And, like, he's watching it. So has it it gotten stuck anywhere? No, because yeah, Cause I used we have to... an old Roomba, and yes, and it can get stuck it's in a, a bathroom boy in my mind, chair. and he gets stuck all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's gendered. And I he's used... gendered. 
And I'm like, where is he? And he's like <laughs> ramming his head. And so maybe we need to upgrade to a newer model. Yeah. I used to have a section of my Pinterest called Roomba shaming. And I would just like put little <laughs> post-its on places that it managed to get lost or stuck in the house. Because, yeah, we've had several and it was not great. But the thing we run into is we got two super furry dogs. Us too. And yeah. I mean, you spent... put them on the Roomba for a little ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. The sound of it made the little one bark at the big one for some reason like it was bear's fault that the Roomba was there I don't even know it and it would you get shed more than I do it would get full so fast that it, it didn't even like it couldn't do its job or you spent your whole time chasing it around and emptying it out and then putting it back in yes so this new one has a thing where it's like whoop I feel full and then it knows the map of your house and it goes back to its little place and I thought when I'd always Oops. seen it yeah, I would always have to just kind of poop the dirt out. I was like, there's no way it can poop out as much dirt and stuff as it's going to get. But it doesn't. It sucks it out. So it vacuums the vacuum. <gasps> so when it goes to its dock, all of a sudden you hear this. <gasps> like, All right, thing. you're going to send me the link. And yeah. it sucks it out and then it fills it. But that was my husband's like, he's like, the one problem is it looks like there's a little toilet sitting in our house because <laughs> it doesn't shape like a toilet. Love uh, it. But yes, so that is, we, I've been listening to it because it does not make the dog bark. So it's like a different octave or decibel or whatever. So it's a night, it's a more dog peaceful one. No dogs are barking. And again, okay. we're looking at it because every time my husband's looking at his phone, I was like, are you looking at the Roomba map? <laughs> He's like, it's very efficient today. Um, it. It's and, the little things in life. Yes. It's the little, and things, I, it's the little things in life. I know. And because he is the resident vacuumer, I'm like, whatever you need. So that's that has been my look, listen, and learn this week. Thank you, Roomba. You're making it so All I right. I'm getting the link from you because we need one. Yeah. I don't even want to know how much it costs. So if you find out how much it costs, do not tell don't me. Tell don't tell you. Because I'll be like, take it back. No, I won't tell you. I'll tell you it was free. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so excited. Thank we got you. A thank you, Julie. To chat with oh. you, Julie. Oh, it's so nice. So nice to be here. Thanks to and great seeing your faces and hearing your so voices. You, I know. And yeah, if you find that picture of us in front of the target, send it over. We'll, oh my gosh, we'll right? Put it in the show notes. And I hope you know, I've already registered for Mon 2.0 next year. Yes, I have. have I did it before Good. we even left. So yeah, Good stuff. We'll, we'll see you there yeah. if not sooner. And yeah, awesome. everybody definitely go get like a mother uh, missy and i have it on her usually we show the book but i was like it's on my kindle there you go thank you and we'll put a nice big screenshot in the show notes too awesome. all right well all thank right. you so much have a great rest of the day have a good afternoon thanks guys <laughs> all right bye-bye thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot 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 podcast we hope you enjoyed today's show, and if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com, with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private Mom and Community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count. <laughs>